coming at you from the Hey Yo Studios. It's the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Coming at you live from the Ayo Studio. Hey yo. It's the Fade Rap with D and Z. I am D, and we've got a great show for you this Saturday morning. Caleb Williams wants part ownership. Both undefeated football teams go down in the the National Football League. And surprise, surprise, the D-backs are back in the series. But we'll begin today's show with playoffs, baby. Baseball playoffs after jumping out to a 2-0 lead. The Astros roared back to not only tie the series, but last night they took the series lead and they're up 3-2. Z, can the Astros close this series out at, at home on Sunday? Well, actually, no, they're not going to play at home. Can the Astros close this series out or will Texas get back in it? Oh, yeah, Astros will be at home. Oh, they the are? Astros will be. Yeah, they will be at home. Yep. So, you know, and... Either way, they're at home because they're in state Texas, baby. Oh, that's right. This has been one major. This has been one major, major shootout. And the moment where the worm turned, right? The moment where things changed for the Rangers and things perked up for the Astros was Bruce Bruce Bochy. Your decision to start Max Scherzer in Game Three. Why? 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 God, why? Why? Now, I know he's gone, but guess what? I am going to give some major credit to Billy Epler. He got the prospect hall he got (laughs) for that rotting carcass, that different colored scrub, that different eyed colored scrub that is out there now. He's not Max Scherzer anymore. He's not the warrior god that we knew from Washington. He's not that guy. He's not that guy anymore. He's not the old Max Scherzer. He's an old Max Scherzer. Give me Vaughn. You mean Rich Vaughn? Yeah. Pitching the best. Not back, Parkman. Not Parkman. <laughs> exactly. Well, he wasn't pitching to anybody because he got torched. He got absolutely torched. And it's the so it's and not- it's the perfect script, right? He gives up three runs. Like that's the way it works. Like he he gets through like one inning or two innings and then it's boom, boom, boom. Completely. This is completely on brand all year. The past thing that we, the past two seasons, we've seen with the Mets. We saw it when he fell apart with the Dodgers in the postseason. He's breaking down. But in Bruce Bochy's infinite wisdom, he decided to start him. You know, and it's it was a risky move, right? No risk it, no biscuit. And it's looking like there ain't gonna be a biscuit. Now, let's talk about last night's game. Adolis Garcia hits a home run. Brian Abreu drills him next at bat with a 99-mile-an-hour fastball. Bench is clear. Words are said. Maldonado's in, in the middle of it. We got a series, baby. This is what this is a rivalry. This is what it's all about. This is what you wanted. And I don't want to hear this shit about, you know, oh, why, why are we throwing a guy? Why are you pimping home runs? Like, do not pimp home runs because this is what happens when you do. Right? I was still this surprised he drilled him. I was surprised he drilled him, especially with the game it was. But it definitely gave the Astros, like it definitely perked up the Astros. It's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. you think this is over? Okay, 
You okay. woke up. You woke up a two-time champion. Yep. That was a stupid move. That was a stupid, stupid move. Don't puff your chest out. Don't do cartwheels around the bases. Don't, you know, light don't fire stare, Don't stare down anybody. Right. Don't do that. Be a pro. Be a pro. This is baseball. This is October baseball. Be a pro. But can we talk about Tuve for a second? Let's Hot damn. Hot damn. Hot damn. Is he the all-time post leader in home runs now? If he's not, he's close. I mean, jeez. Yeah. For 5-5, five, five, I mean, he's he's having a, a hell of a postseason, man. He is having a hell of a postseason. And like, you know, everybody around here wants to give him trash for being a cheater. And, uh, you know, nobody really likes him. But, damn, he's a fine baseball player. I mean, he's 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 taking steps towards going to, going to uh, Cooperstown, I think. Well, I, we'll, we'll see because his career is not over. But at the same time, you know, you do have to – there is that little bit of a cloud over him. But they're letting everybody in, so it doesn't matter. Right, right. You know, that's that's, that's what let everybody in, man. I've been saying it for years. If you... But but that's the thing. You know, people – you can't hold him accountable when no one's being held accountable. So, like, why are we so like, – our selective outrage is strong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, Big time. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. Now, I don't like what he did. I don't appreciate what, what happened with the Astros and the cheating scandal, but this is part of baseball history. You have to acknowledge the black eyes as well as the triumphs. Oh, wow. So you have, if you're going to let them in, you let the 1919 Black Sox in, and you, you tell the story of Major League Baseball. Pete gets in. Pete gets in. You know, the, this Clemens. is the story of the game. Clemens, Rogers, Bond. everybody, everybody gets Every, in. If you if you're gonna do it that way, I don't agree with it. Um, I will never step foot in Cooperstown if that does happen. If but, you're gonna um, do it, if you're gonna do it, you make it a separate it. wing. Everybody it, gets in. That's everybody. it. That's it. But let's so just yeah. So just so you yeah. know, Manny, surprisingly, I didn't know this. Manny Ramirez actually is the all-time postseason leader in home runs at 29, and hope and Altuve's Mitchell report. <laughs> Yeah, and Jose Altuve is right behind him. Oh, good. The two cheaters on top, right? Right. right. And Bernie right. Williams is at number three, and he's not so, in the Hall of Fame, and he should be in the Hall of Fame. But Bernie Williams, we can easily say that Bernie Williams was not on any performance enhancement. That's right, and he's a hell. He is probably the best postseason player of all time. His numbers are just ri- ridiculous, ridiculous. And this guy named Derek Jeter is number four. I don't know. Uh huh. Uh, we'll get to him later. I, I know you're itching to talk about that one. But do the the Astros? The Astros are firmly in the driver's seat here. And do the Rangers? Can the Rangers take momentum back at this point? Like, are they? They're gonna roll out. They're gonna. You know, you have Montgomery. You have. You know, you have pitching on your side. Is it too far gone? Is it, have they let the have they woken the sleeping giant? And have they just did they seal their own fate the other day? What do what do you think about that? Who's do we know who's pitching Game Six for the Astros and the and the Rangers? Do we know? The I don't have a pitching matchup yet. I will look that up right now. Yeah, let me see. That will tell me what's going to happen. Honestly, let's so see what we we're looking at what are the props Sunday night, right? 
Sunday, 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 Sunday. Oh, Evaldi and Valdez. Okay, so yeah. That's a matchup right there. That is a matchup. So yes, I do think the Rangers can win the next game because Evaldi, look at his numbers this postseason. He's he's on. For ending the regular season like shit, he quickly turned it around. He's ready to rock and roll. And then look at Valdez's numbers postseason. Not good at all. So now look at this, though. Check this out, though. You have, if you manage to force a game seven, right? Yeah. Your current game seven starter <laughs> is Max Scherzer. <laughs> if you're a Bochy, you cannot start him. Bullpen game? Bullpen game. Bullpen game. Bullpen or John game. Gray. John Gray's on the roster right there. Oh, John, no. John Gray's a starter. And I Why think, not? He can give, he I give think, a couple innings. And I think if this goes to seven, I think the rain, I think the Astros got a stud, don't they? Christian they Javier. A, yeah. He and was. You know he had. He's going to come out of that bullpen. Oh yeah. He's going to come out of the bullpen. Ready. Ready. Dusty knows what he's doing. Dusty Ready. is going to have that. Like, Dusty has no problem running his pitchers into the ground. We've seen it. <laughs> so I'm going to say it. that the Rangers will win Game Six, but then I think the Astros, you know, defending what American League champions, they bring it home in Game Seven, just based on what we just talked about. Come on, Verlander coming out of the bullpen, man. That's like Randy Johnson, man. And he's on, too. He comes in and he's on. He's, like, throwing 98-99 gems, like fire. He's throwing bullets, you know? The one thing with Verlander is that he has taken a while to get warmed up this year. Yeah, but it's so, a game seven, though. Yeah, it's that's a game true. seven. He's going to take that challenge. Yeah, he's normally not good. Game seven. Roger Clemens also started game seven, and he was not effective. Like, um, emotions can be Roger too... Clemens is trash. Hot trash. Just talking about the steroid years or the non-steroid um, years? We don't know when the steroid years really began, because he was always kind of that size. <laughs> and he was always kind of ornery and angry. Another pissed off Texan. <laughs> the hell is your problem? Throwing a bat at me? Yeah. <laughs> I'll cut you. <laughs> I'm going to hit you right in the center of the, the New York on your helmet. Oh, like, my goodness. Pinpoint accuracy. Who said Greg Maddox was the only one with pinpoint accuracy? <laughs> but I will say that this series has been good. The Texas series has been good. But moving over to another series, which I thought was going to be just a shellacking because of the way it started. It's a series now. You know, we're doing our due diligence. <coughs> we're talking about the National League. And after a 2-1 Game three victory. The D-backs won last night. I believe it was 5-4. You know, going into last night's game, they were outscored 16 to 5. But they've they've kind of righted this ship and they've gotten back in the series. So now the D-backs have tied it up at two games apiece. There were so many Philly fans in Arizona, man. So, you know, where do we see this series going? And whose true colors are gonna bleed through first? So, we have a series. We definitely yeah, have a series. Yeah, we do. I can't and believe it. I'm shocked. Six five, six five last night. Alec Thomas hits a pinch hit home run off of Craig Kimbrell. Amazing. And it really Kim, it underscores. Craig Kimbrell is trash, by the way. He's a trash player and a trash person, trash human being. Just want oh, to say geez. that. Oh my goodness. But you know what? It really underscores the fact that the Phillies have been doing this with a smoke and mirrors bullpen. Yeah. Like it's not good. Like they, they may have performed decently. But this bullpen is not good. Right. So you need to get length from your starters. And you need to hope to God that, Gre- I mean, Gregory Soto walking the base, you know, just walking the ballpark. You had 
Kimbrell serving it up. Alvarado finally stabilized things in the eighth inning. But the damage He's was the all best in. one. He's the yeah. best one. Alvarado is definitely has his numbers. Spot. His numbers this year. He, I think I believe he had a one point seven three ERA, and he only gave up three bombs all year. Well, he, they he, really, you know, like you need a guy. You need another guy. Now they had Sir Anthony Dominguez, but you know, you where what would happen there? Yeah, fifty innings. You know, you need you need a guy like that. You can't rely. You can't continue to rely on a guy like Ranger Suarez to give you the length that you're looking for. So it's one of those things that Rob Thompson needs to find some kind of magic formula coming out of that pen because Wheeler and Nola, it doesn't work all the time, right? You can't just keep going. I mean, there's one time in history when a manager kept going to the same guys (laughs) repeatedly in a series. It only worked in 2001, and it was only because it was Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling. And I can tell you this much. Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola are not Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling. (laughs) Like, they're very good. They're very good. They are not Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling. So, the way I see it is that the Diamondbacks are completely mismatched at the plate. It's It's a complete mismatch. You know, you can't argue that with the with the lineup that Rob Thompson is able to run out there with Schwarber, Turner, Harper, Castellanos. Real Muto. Real Muto. Alec Bohm is hitting. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, you know, you can't you can't go punch for punch. Turner. Trey Turner, yeah. You gotta out hit you have to out pitch them. You have you have to play the long game, you have to wait them out, and then you're gonna have to counterattack. Like that's how this is gonna work. It's a it, in a boxing match, they're the big slugger. They're Mike Tyson. Yep. You're the counter puncher. You have to catch him with a quick one on the jaw. Like you gotta catch him coming in and hopes that you you knock him off his ass. Like that is the plan. And they seem to do that last night. And you know, credit to the Diamondbacks. Because Gallon and Kelly were not great. And Gallon's going again in the next series, in the next game. Yeah, but he's got to really turn it around. You had Kevin Thought, like, who? <laughs> you know, you had these guys coming out of nowhere and they're delivering, delivering stellar performances. And, you know, the one Met that I'm, like, pleasantly surprised with, the one ex-Met that I'm pleasantly surprised with, Damn. Paul Seawall shutting oh. the door. Tommy Pham and Paul Seawall doing the thing. Like, I'm... I'm not saying I'm rooting for the Diamondbacks, but those are the, definitely the ones that didn't leave the organization with a bad taste in my mouth. How are you not rooting for the Diamondbacks? Who the hell wants to see the Phillies in the World Series in that fan base? Oh, dear Lord. Uh, there were no, so many I, of them in the stands last night. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. Phillies goodbye. Rangers goodbye. I'm left with the Astros and the Diamondbacks. Either way, like any combination of these, it's not going to be a great ratings on the World Series. Oh, I, mean, I don't know. No, I disagree. I think if you get Phillies Astros, that's going to uh, be that the Philly fans. This is the Philly fans, man. Yeah, that's fine, but they're the most obnoxious fans not named the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, you're talking about two two obnoxious fan bases, right? I mean, the Astros are creeping up there with their attitude towards the cheating scandal and the way they play baseball. That's a turnoff for me. I'm, I wouldn't watch it. But you got some. You got some. You know, Dusty Baker fans, you know, and things like that, you know. 
and you have people who are going to root for the Astros to lose. Yes. So if they get there. Now, the Rangers, what national fan base do they have? Yeah, they don't. Yeah. They don't. Right? You might have the Met fans like hate watching it to make sure that Jake does Jacob DeGrom and Doesn't Max Scherzer <laughs> don't get rings. So it's a conflicting situation because, yes, you, you know, you want – you want success for your guys, but the way that, you know, the way that certain players left the organization, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Now, I'm not one of those guys who, like, loathes Jacob DeGrom now, because he did all the right things. He wanted to stay. He wanted to get paid. The Mets wouldn't pay him. And with that injury history, I don't blame him. And the Rangers, they figured that out quickly. Because they got, what, <laughs> six starts out of him? He's going to get a ring for six starts if they win. Like, that's that's insane to me. But he's going to get a World Series share, and he's going to get a ring. But, you know, like, I, I don't begrudge Jacob DeGrom. Max Scherzer, I begrudge. I don't want that guy getting a ring. He talked all that shit on the way out. Your performance was garbage. So, I don't want to hear that. But... You know, if we're looking here, you know, if we're looking, spinning it forward, I mean, the probably the least number of eyeballs is going to be Rangers D-backs. Yeah. You figure. Agreed. The most is going to be Phillies Astros. Any other combination, you're going to have diminished returns. Step outside of your safe area and make a statement without saying much with FCK Clout Lifestyle Apparel. Embrace the colorful chaos and stay emotionally regulated in their hoodies, snapbacks, graphic tees, accessories, and more. Season 3 merch is up now. Get it while you can. Go to fckclout.com and get all of your needs from men and women. That's fckclout.com. And speaking of diminished returns, we are going over to football where we have no more unbeaten teams. You called it the Niners. I did. Went, I had they it. went down to the Browns. I had it. They went down to the Browns on a missed Jake Moody field goal. And in New Jersey, <laughs> the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 knock off the Eagles. Without their two best defenders, right? Without their two best secondaries, like Reed and Sauce did not play. A dominant defensive effort causing three turnovers. And we now need to start wondering if the Jets or the Browns created a blueprint for beating these two teams. So did they lay the groundwork or are their defenses just better than everybody else's? Yeah, so uh, let's start with the 49ers and the Browns. Brock Purdy looked like the last pick in the draft that day. Like he just did. Um, And, you know, keep in mind that the Browns had two weeks to prepare for this game. Uh, Shitty weather. And the Browns hit, man, because they hurt everybody. Debo got hurt. McCaffrey got hurt. Everybody got hurt in that game. That train's never late. That train is is only a matter of time. So I think they exposed Brock Purdy for who he was. He missed a lot of throws, from what I heard. I, I didn't I didn't watch the whole game, but I have friends that are big 49er fans that 
he just missed guys. He missed guys, overthrew it, underthrew it, didn't throw where he was supposed to. I think we're going to find out a lot about him this weekend um, to see if he has a bounce back. Um, but, you know, a lot of people are also saying he's a system quarterback. I I can see how he might be a system quarterback. I'm not going to disagree with that notion yet. But I think, that, you know, Miles Garrett was in that backfield all day long and they were coming after him so you know in other situations he's kind of looked poised and he's been relaxed and he's rolled out and he's hit kittle and he's dumped it off (coughs) but in this situation they were in that backfield and don't forget the the browns the browns gave uh joe burrow a tough time in his first game but he was hurt but the browns get after it The Browns also did it without Deshaun Watson and without Nick Chubb. Right. So that's, you know, if they have any playoff aspirations, they're going to need to figure that out because P.J. Walker is not going to get them to the promised land. And Watson did practice yesterday, so there might be – he might be able to get back on the field soon. Um, And maybe a certain running back from the Giants might end up in Cleveland. Mm. You know, would be would could be worth it if they find if they feel like they need to. Yeah, if they feel if they feel like they need to upgrade the running back room, like who knows? Because I know he's uh, I know Saquon is uh, adamant that he doesn't want to get traded, but the Giants need to do what the Giants need to do. Giants need to trade him. Giants need to trade him. There's no there is there is zero chance this man should be in a giant uniform come November first. This was a waste of, it wasn't a waste of time, but it's like, dude, this is why we couldn't pay you because you get hurt and you're, you have no explosion right now. Like you're, I, and granted some of this is the, I know this is supposed to be a giant segment, but I know the offensive line is in shambles, but dude, I know you're getting hit in the backfield, but make the first guy miss. Like that's your job. The offensive line in Cleveland is better than the offensive line of the Giants. Oh yeah, so you, fig- you figure that he's going to have better results, right? It's just not—it's just not the- working here. It's not working, no. and they're—they're they're not ready for you. Like they have uh, the Giants have other things that they need to address. They might be going back to the drawing <clears throat> board on quarterback this year, next year. Yeah. Like you, it'd be better for you too to go somewhere else. Come on, imagine him in the backfield with Lamar Jackson. That'd Come be on, fantastic. Man. But on. either way, like I, I know it's a con- it was a controversial play that that first down run with 14 seconds left. Like if he had a better line, if he had a better line, that play works because they blow them off the ball. Like in theory, that's what the offensive line. That's what those. That's, that's what they're supposed to do. to do. But that's what they're supposed you know, to th- do. This is. I mean, the other problem I have with the Giants is there's no there is no fucking creativity on offense. Like. Like let's no. let's get Barkley the ball in space. Like where is the game plan for that, Dayball? Stefanski will do that. Where Stefanski is it? Stefanski will do that. It's just not it's not showing up anywhere. Like they should have won that game last week. They should have beat Buffalo last week. Agree. Should have beat Buffalo. And then in the fourth I, quarter, it was just what are we doing? Like what yeah. was the game plan? What are we doing? Yeah. I had no problem with that run. I had no problem with the Saquon run. You guys need to do your job up front. Put Make somebody actually pay. Do that. Do your job. And we're not having this conversation. But, you know, as far as what the Browns did to the Niners, they beat them up. Like, that's the game plan for the Niners, right? That, that's the game yeah. plan for... Like, we solved that riddle multiple times. If you beat them up, they can't 
they won't be on the field. Like, that's, that's, that's it. Now, Brock Purdy looks ordinary, which is fine because you're never as good as when you're going great and you're never as bad as when you're dog shit. You're somewhere in between. And Brock Purdy's somewhere in between. He's a second-year quarterback who was picked last in the draft and, you know, landed in a great situation. How about we let him grow and let him develop, right? Again, we've talked about selective outrage. We're now talking about selective, you know, who we give selective grace to. Oh, let's give him time to develop. Oh, he's just a system quarterback. Both things can be true. If he does not develop, then he will be considered a system quarterback. But you have to let it play out. That's right. It's one game. Yeah, 100%. But it reminds me of Brady. Brady was a system quarterback. It wasn't until, what, uh, the second Super Bowl against Carolina where he really, like, started to turn it up and was like, all right, I can throw the ball all over this fucking field, you know? But in the beginning, it was like, dude, do not turn the ball over. Throw it to our team. If it's not there, throw it away. Like, that was what he was in the beginning. And then he took it upon himself to develop himself and develop his career. So it's, it's not, I'm not slamming the door on Brock. I'm just, you know. No, I'm not saying you are. But there are plenty of pundits out there who are they're puffing their chest out saying, see, I told you. But there's nothing wrong with being a system quarterback. I'd love to be a system quarterback. I, that's... That that sounds fantastic. I don't I don't mind. It's not to me. That's not a dig. It's like yeah, I work very good in the system I'm in. That's what I'm supposed I, to do. I have two names for you: Brad Johnson, yeah, and Trent Dilfer. What do they have in common? System quarterbacks with Super Bowl rings. Russell so, Wilson, right? Are we gonna say Russell are we gonna Wilson. we're gonna say he's a system quarterback? Or he's maybe he might have been. Yeah, I, I think so at this point, you know. And then flipping like, over to uh, flipping over to the other team, the other two teams in green. Pressure. Pressure. Um, Pressure. I actually watched that game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Eagles just didn't look right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but no, no, nobody seemed to be on the same page. Timing was off. They were very lazy. Like, a lot of those turnovers were just lazy turnovers, lazy throws. Especially the last one where it's like he hit his back foot. Everybody ran their route and they, everybody stopped. Like there was nobody in motion. And he rips it to a guy who's got two players around him. Mm-hmm. So I don't, what did you think was going to happen there? Like, did we, and the other part is, is I, I felt like Devont, they were trying to get Devonta Smith involved. They couldn't get him involved. AJ Brown, I don't know what his deal is. He just seems like if he's not getting the ball, he's uninterested. It, it really is starting to remind me of like a Terrell Owens situation mm-hmm. where you can see him barking at Hertz. And it's just like, dude, like we got to run the offense here, you know? Um, well, the, it, it's becoming a Devontae Adams situation because Devontae Adams is now running his mouth in Vegas. It, it's very much an, a wide receiver one issue. Right. So he shot her the whole book. Get me the damn ball. See, I think, I think Devontae Adams' situation is a little different. And this, I'll, I'm going to defend him in this regard, right? They're winning games. His whole philosophy is, is like the way we're winning games is not going to work for the long season. Because of who I am, because of the player I am, you gotta get me the ball because I'm the most dynamic player and I'm gonna get us to where we need to go. It isn't like, hey, you guys gotta get me the ball or we're not gonna win. It's like, no, 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 we can win in other ways, 100%. But to be the best team, to be the best team, I gotta get the ball more. You know, and I kind of understand what he was saying. 
So I, I do disagree with that aspect. I don't think his situation is the same as AJ Brown's, but you got to be happy when you win games um, for sure. But I, I, I thought, and then offensively, you know, the Jets, Zach was just doing just enough not to lose the game. Um, and the Eagles were winning. I mean, the Eagles really should have won that game. They missed the field goal. And that and that's what kind of jacked them up. Like they they just had a they just had a bad day. They had a bad they just had a bad day. So I don't I don't think there's a blueprint for being the Eagles because I don't think we saw the best part of the Eagles. I don't know what was going on, but they were very lazy. And I didn't and the route running was awful. And I, I think they'll be back. They have a big test this weekend. Um but uh against the Dolphins on Sunday night football. Uh, but no, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think there was a blueprint to beating the Eagles. I think it was just like, you know, they, they might even take in the Jets really likely. Lightly. Yeah. They're like, all right, we're going to go to New York. We're going to have a lot of our fans there. Zach Wilson's their quarterback. They're down four players on defense. Like, we're, let's just, let's, it's almost like, let's play this game and just let's make sure we don't get hurt. Like, let's get out of this game healthy. That's almost what it looked like. So you definitely had some issues along that offensive line. That becomes yeah. uh, Lane Johnson coming out of the game again. And so I said that, that. I said that if you rem- if you if everybody pulls up the archive, I pull- I said it three weeks ago. I'm concerned with that offensive line. I'm concerned with Lane Johnson. I don't think he's healthy enough to play. Well, I mean, Lane Johnson is out. You know, have you have depth issues at wideout to the point where they had to sign Julio Jones. So now Julio's there. <laughs> and, you know, just to connect what you were talking about before, the trade deadline is October 31st, and Howie Roseman has been known to pull off some coups. He's so good. He's a good. He's very good. He's a good now, GM. you put together a disgruntled Devontae Adams with Howie Roseman being able to, you know, have a to create mm. trades out of nothing. Mm. Would it surprise me to address their depth problem by doing that and wouldn't the Raiders the Raiders who have had nothing but headaches this year with between Devontae Adams Chandler Jones mm-hmm. like maybe they cut bait mm-hmm. who knows because this season's going nowhere for them Jimmy G's not playing again Aiden O'Connell's <laughs> gonna be under starter this dude is hurt gonna be again under- Jimmy G's hurt again he had to be cut- hurt in the hospital dude <laughs> like come on now but He's you know the, the one guy they miss the one guy the Eagles miss most of all is Shane Steckin Shane Steckin showed, apparently, that he's the creative genius. Here. But listen, honestly, Z, the Raiders are not out, though, because they're 3-3, three and three, and they are in second place, and they're on a two-game winning streak. So they're not not—they're not out. They're, they're very much in. They're very much in. They're very much in, but they're not going anywhere. Like they, they're really not. They, you know, we have. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right in that because I would assume that the wild cards are going to come out of the east and the north, right? Yeah. No, that that is going to happen. You're going to get probably three teams out of the AFC North. It's possible that you can get three teams out of the AFC North. I mean, Ravens, Bengals are are resurging. The Browns. Yeah, that's. They're pretty, all over 500. Everybody. Yeah, that's, that's everybody's either at 500 or over 500 in the AFC North. And Miami and Buffalo coin flip take your pick whoever takes it whoever doesn't take the division yeah so yeah, like I you're would... playing you're playing for nothing for sure the, if you're the raiders so i mean for me i think the the most important loss this offseason was shane stackett because all the offensive creativity outside of the tush push went with him 
right? They're just not playing the way that they, they did last year. Jalen Hurts is regressing. His reads are terrible. And he's turning the ball over. Yeah. So they need to figure out, they need to go back to the drawing board, watch last year, and figure it out, right? The same way that Coach Westhoff, right? Figure it out. So the same way that the Giants need to go back to the drawing board and go back to, you know, the film from last year to see to, you know, see what they were doing, kind of remember who they are. The Eagles need to go back to the drawing board. And they need to remember who they are. Because what are they what are they doing that's so creative this year? What are they doing that's so you know dynamic it's not there it's not there and on defense they're okay mm-hmm. they're not great they're definitely you know it's kind of they're just kind of there and they're taking advantage of the weak conference because we know how how weak the nfc is you, you firmly expect the Niners to be there at the end. You firmly expect the Chiefs or the uh, Eagles to be there at the end. And then everybody else, like, okay, we'll see. You know, the Lions, they're still want to prove it. The Cowboys, we kind of know who they are. So, you know, I don't think anything, I don't think anything was solved. I think you're 100% right. We haven't figured jack shit out yet. Right. And speaking of figuring out jack shit, the Eagles went down to the Jets, like we mentioned. And the Jets are celebrating like they won the Super Bowl. Robert Sala's jumping up and down. He's hugging guys. Joe Douglas is coming down from the booth. He's hugging Sala. You know, players are chanting, you know, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. You know, they're running rah-rahs like it's college. And then after the game, Sala said of his defense that they've embarrassed every quarterback they've played so far this season. Embarrassed. Do you have issues with the word embarrassed that Coach Sala used? Because <laughs> I do. I do. But I want to know if you do, too. The only embarrassing that's gone on in the Jets' season this year is their quarterback play. That's the most embarrassing thing the Jets have touted out there. You you made Mac Jones look like a fucking pro bowler. I mean, that's what Mac Jones is. Hank, that's the only victory the Patriots have is against you and your defense. Like, <coughs> and then the fact that you you want to say you embarrass Patrick Mahomes, if, as far as I remember, they got the ball back with six minutes to go and they never gave it back to you. And he had a chance to run into the end zone untouched and said he slid and was like, that's game, that's game, Holmes. That's game, Holmes. So, uh, and then another one, Dak Prescott looked like Tom Brady against you. That was his best game as well. So I don't, I don't see where that is. I don't, I don't know what he's looking at. And you know, you might be saying that shit to pop, prop up your guys, but dude, prop up your guys in your locker room. Don't come out and say that shit because you know what? You got some talent. You do have some talent left on your schedule. You're going to play against Justin Herbert in two weeks. You're going to play against Tua in November. And you're getting the Bills. And this time you're going up to Buffalo to place to face them. But to say you embarrassed? Mm, I don't know about that word. So let's see. You're going to get Deshaun Watson. Uh, you're probably going to get Deshaun Watson as well. CJ Stroud's not bad. It's actually pretty good. So, you're getting probably Terod Taylor. I wouldn't start Daniel Jones. 
but they shouldn't start him this weekend. I think it's a big misstep by Dable if he starts him this weekend. I think it's a terrible idea. Like he's hurt, um, man. You he's might hurt. get you might get Jimmy G. You might. And that offense is a little bit better under Jimmy G than it is under Eaton O'Donnell or O'Connell, whatever this kid's name is. Like I'll learn your name when you win, son. And then Desmond Ritter's not bad. And if they make the change, it could end up being Taylor Heineken. So I wouldn't mind that. Playoff Heineken's not bad. I would take that. But let's look at it. You're absolutely right. Yeah, Josh Allen, 29-41, 236 yards, a touchdown, three picks. All right. That one's that, that one's a pretty solid performance. Dak Prescott, 31 of 38, 255 and two touches. <laughs> the most efficient performance that Dak Prescott has ever had on a football team. <laughs> the most efficient ever. Ever. Like what like what are we watching, man? Yeah. Mac Jones, 15 of 29. Okay, not not bad. Not a 50% passing. Okay, a little over 50%. 201. That's what? Half of his performance for the year? Like that's half of Mac Jones' performance? <laughs> that's the only good that Mac Jones has had all year. And Mahomes, like when it mattered most, he showed up. Right? Yeah. 18 to 30, 203. Like, okay, that's fine. I'll give you that one. He closed so, you out though. But the, right. the only, that's my argument for Mahomes. Like Allen, I don't think that was a solid performance. He definitely looked bad in that game. But in in the game against in the game against the Chiefs, yeah, you might have picked him off three times, but he closed you out. With six minutes left, he had the ball. He didn't give it back, and they also rushed for over two hundred yards on your ass. And there there are levels to this, right? Well, both Allen and Mahomes lost on week one, but Mahomes looks a hell of a lot better in these moments than Allen does. I trust Patrick Mahomes implicitly in crunch time. Josh Allen scares the shit out of me. And I don't know, he might scare the shit out of every Buffalo Bill fan too. When he has when he has that look in his eyes, that deer in the headlight look. Oh in wait, his wait, eyes. keep going, keep going. Wait, you, got oh, the Bron- going, you got going. you got the Broncos up next, right? I got the Hackett Bowl. I got the Hackett Bowl. <laughs> I'm, I'm not done yet. Twenty of thirty-one for one ninety-six and two touchdowns. Yes, they forced the critical fumble. They forced the critical fumble at the end. But those numbers—that's not embarrassing. I wouldn't say it's embarrassing. No. No. And Russ was averaging seven yards a carry on your ass. He went seven for 49 on the ground. So there's that. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So he averaged seven yards a carry on, on, his, scram- <laughs> on his scramble. Yeah, embarrassing. This is absolutely embarrassing, coach. Like, oh, my God. I'm, I'm just like, I just want to go hide. And then Jalen Hurts, 28 to 45, 281 and three. So, yeah, that one's pretty bad. That one's pretty bad, too. That's pretty bad, but then look on the other side. Look at your own quarterback. You had three turnovers in this game. You only won by six, and your quarterback was 19 for 33 for 186 yards. But here's what I see. I see a defense that's good at taking the ball away, good at at pressuring the quarterback, but they they will break as much as they bend. So... If you, right. keep, if you keep pounding, if you keep pounding on them, they will eventually break. We, we've seen that. And especially in the linebacking core, there are, it's a flag waiting to happen. It's an absolute flag waiting to happen. CJ Mosley, like, I've noticed he's been, his personal fouls are like higher this year. So I, I don't know. I think that it was strong words. It was good to puff out your chest. It was a big win. But 
you should be embarrassed by the performance of the press conference more than in the saying that you embarrassed other teams. Like it's one thing to be it's one thing to be positive, right? Yeah, we took great things. We were doing good things. That's borderline delusional. Yeah, that's my problem with this guy. He's not. He is not a head coach. The way he acts, the way he talks, he's not a head coach. He's a defensive coordinator. It's a Rex Ryan situation. It's that. That's who you are, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But you're not and a head idea, coach. The idea of receipts, right? We went. We're going back to that. We had the. Oh we yeah. Had oh Embarrassed, yeah. and then we're we're taking receipts. Well, other people take receipts of your receipts, right? So when you go to Orchard Park and they whoop your ass. I want that same level. I want the same level that you gave out then. And I, that, uh, that's what and happened with Rex. Rex yeah. was like that. Rex yeah. could dish it out. He could not take it. Right. And the other thing is, is don't be twisted. The Bills have that game circled, mm-hmm. and they are they're foaming. You don't think Josh Allen can't wait to get into that game and digs? Yeah. You don't think they can't wait? You embarrassed me? Okay. Okay. But the true test, Z, is going to come next weekend. They better win that giant game. They better win that giant game. If they lose that giant game, forget it. Forget it. Forget so the way I see it, it's a battle of Greg Zerline versus Graham Gano. Like that's well, what I, think I, that's, I think that's wishful thinking on the Giants' part. But I think Wink is going to dial up stuff for Zach for sure. So mm-hmm. it's just a matter of can the Giants get through this game without turning the football over? That's what it comes down to. Because it seems like... Zach is getting better at not turning the football over. And that's the whole thing with him. It's like, dude, throw it away, throw it in the ground, just don't throw it to the other team, and don't go backward. No, completely. And that one decision aside from Terod Taylor, like the offense for the Giants looked a thousand times better with him under center than it did with Daniel Jones. Because he was getting the ball out. He's getting the ball out, and he's getting everybody involved. I like how he was thrown to all the receivers. Everybody got. Everybody was involved in that game. Everybody he should have won that fucking game. Exactly. Oh my gosh, he should have won that game. That being said, that you know, both quarter, neither quarterback, I should say, is talented enough to really take a team on his back, and that's where I think it's going to end up being a battle of place kicker, just because the defenses are going to be so dialed in that you're really not going to be able to get a lot. You're not going to be able to get in the end zone. Just to go back. Yeah. Just to go back to the, the Robert Sala thing is like, you can't talk shit about other quarterbacks when Zach Wilson's your quarterback. You can't. That's embarrassing. That looks silly. That really does look silly. In my opinion. I mean, it's again, it's that Rex Ryan bravado. Yeah. And it's, it's completely unearned. The same way that Rex talked all that shit before he won anything. But the, what's the difference between Rex and Salah? Rex got the back-to-back AFC title game. Yeah. So while they did not win the Super Bowl, that is the, the Jets' success, right? That is, they got to that that point. So you could talk a little bit. You, you, can, you can chirp your, you can chirp a little bit. Absolutely, you had a modicum of success. After the past couple of seasons, you cannot puff your chest out like that. You can do that in the locker room. You cannot do that in public because your ego is writing checks. Your ass can't catch. Are you in need of air care, maintenance, or service? I have the company for you. 
Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. And speaking of cash and checks, Speaking of cashing checks, this is a big one. We're moving over to college football. USC and Caleb Williams went into Notre Dame and lost 48 to 20. But Caleb is kind of uh, gone into a little bit of a tailspin here. The Heisman hopeful and projected number one pick had three picks and struggled in the last couple weeks. And there are rumors now circulating that Caleb Williams wants part ownership of any team that drafts him number one overall. So the Bears, the Broncos, the Giants, maybe the Panthers again. Be ready. Be ready to sell some shares to Mr. Williams. (laughs) If you're an NFL team with hopes of drafting Caleb Williams to your team to save your franchise's ass, Will, what will make you reconsider taking him, his play, or his ownership demands? Both. <laughs> Both. I mean, listen, <coughs> this is why in the NIL deals are ruining sports, because it's all about more, 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 I need more. Now, now these guys are entitled beyond belief. And if this, if this is true, I wouldn't draft him. I don't need this. Because then how does that work if I need to trade you, if I need to cut you? You know, you're a part owner. How how's that even? You're you get a say in some of the decisions we're making. Like, what are you talking about? Because you know, the, this the, you we're gonna get if this ever happens, you're gonna get the NBA. The NFL is gonna become the NBA because that's that's what happens in the NBA. Yeah, look at look at what's going on with James Harden. My man, my man's getting paid, and he ain't showing up because he wants to be traded. Like, dude, you're not, you just don't get it. You don't get it. Like, you know, you don't get to make those decisions. And, uh, and, and his, I, you know, honestly, I read somewhere that they said that if Caleb Williams, Joe Burrow, Trevor, and Trevor Lawrence, if they were all coming out of the next year's draft, that Caleb Williams would be taken number one. I was like, really? I haven't seen him play that good in the Pac-12. Like, I don't... I mean, to me, Joe Burrow is probably the best quarterback I saw come out in the last, you know, I don't know, five or six years. My, That's just my opinion. I don't have anything to back it up. Just his ability to throw. And I thought Trevor Lawrence was going to be that guy. But for, for whatever reason, it's taken Trevor a little longer. But as far as like delivering the football, being a leader, being accountable, you know, I just Joe Joe B seems to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a hard time trusting any quarterback from USC just because they just produce so much trash over the years. Um, to really believe that this guy is like the second coming, like he's going to be that good, like I I don't see it. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't draft him. Especially with these rumors circulating, I don't need that. Um, I'd much rather have more draft capital or invest in the kid in from North Carolina. Um, I'm fine with Bo Nix. 
you know, just because of their style of play. But um, now that's that's those rumors would scare the shit out of me. No, absolutely, and they're completely delusional and speaks to this kid's mindset. Yeah, like you You're don't in get a Kyler Murray you, situation. Yeah, you don't get say, dude. If that's <laughs> the case, I'm just gonna go get Kyler Murray. Pick up the ball and fucking throw it down the field. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm gonna throw it to Art. We'll, we'll put you in the dryer, and you'll be Kyler Murray. <laughs> so there you go. So if I wanted a second baseman, I draft one. But <laughs> it's. You're absolutely right regarding NIL deals and the demands and the asks. Yes, you can make a lot of money in college. Shador Sanders makes $4 million at Colorado. He can make in an initial rookie contract. He's probably going to not get there. Maybe, maybe he'll make a little bit more than that coming into the league. But... The NILs have really kind of blown the doors off of everything. And it's really created this situation where, what are we doing? You know, what is going on here? The no, the, the numbers are out of control. The, everything that was, everything that was so hush-hush is now out in the open. And, like, it was unseemly then. It's even more unseemly now. And I don't want to hear the argument about, like, oh, they played for free and they they shouldn't have to play for free. No. At at no point are they playing for free. They were given full athletic scholarships for the most part. Right? These, like, you think Caleb Williams is paying tuition? No. You think he's paying room and board? No. You think he's paying for food? No. Is he paying for books for class? No. Like, you have to understand that while they weren't making money, they were still things that were going into crafting and molding an athlete. So that that argument just doesn't fly for me. You want to you want to make money to be a pro. Like that's pretty much how it works right in anything in any walk of life that's the difference between a stage actor and a movie star right the rock makes 20 million a picture the guy who star who stars in the the dinner theater makes 20 bucks an hour maybe like that's how this works but the demands it's bluster i think because he's trying to pull a john elway he'll try and pull an eli manning if he doesn't like his situation, he's going to try and fix it. Now, I understand that. But you're scaring off a lot of people. Is Robert Kraft going to gonna bite on this? No. Rob, Robert Kraft can use a quarterback. Patriots can use a quarterback. Is John Mara going to bite on this? No. Giants can use a quarterback. Is David Tepper? David Tepper might, because David Tepper hasn't proven to be a very good owner. But it's just a symptom of a bigger issue. These NIL deals, college sports needs to be regulated. There needs to be a governing body put in place. Hmm, if only there was one. (laughs) If only there was one that actually had balls. Huh, funny how that goes. But from a pro standpoint, his play is concerning. His 
inflated sense of self, his inflated sense of ego, if this, if these reports are true, that is extremely concerning. And, you know, I wouldn't want him on my team. That's for sure. But if the, if these statements are true, it just shows that he's a little out of touch with what being a professional quarterback is all about. If you want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs on IG at faderoutepodcast. Drop us a DM on Twitter at faderoutednz. Comment on our YouTube channel, The Fade Route with DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it, we want to hear from you. Get at us, in crowd. Fair or foul? Judging the more messed up stories of the week. boys and girls we have a statement and it's either fair or foul fair or foul number one jose altuve is a better postseason player than Derek sanderson jeter fair 100 fair i mean he's he's got him in the home runs department right um let's see what else he's got him in oh Nothing. He's gonna pass. He's gonna pass him in RBI. He's gonna pass him. He's just gonna pass him in everything else at this point in his career, for sure, for sure. This he's got a better OP. He's got a better OPS. Oh God, he's slug. He's got a better slugging percentage. Uh, his average isn't as good, but it that all has to do with the lineup they're in. They're in different lineups. I mean, Jeter's playing with steroid guys. He's gonna pass. Yeah, he's gonna and pass. And Altuve played with cheaters. <laughs> Alleged, the, allegedly. Allegedly. Oh no, they got that. The, the, <laughs> the, the trash can kids. No, that was the legit. trash can the, kids. The trash can kids. That, that was proven to be legit. You don't get suspended <laughs> for nothing. Beltron Cora. You don't get suspended for nothing. That was proven. So put it. Put a, Put an asterisk on their names. But you know. And it's, played it's, it's, it's foul for this reason. Here's the problem. It's not over. Wait a minute. Here's the problem. Is like you know, Derek's Derek had 734 plate appearances, Mm -hmm. and Altuve's only got 466. Like he's already passed him in 300 less plate appearances. He's gonna pass him in all these. If I needed a guy to take in a bat for me in the postseason, and it could be Derek Jeter or Jose Altuve, I'm taking Altuve. Just the fact that he's 5'5", he's tough to pitch to, and he's just tenacious at the plate. So it's foul from the standpoint that his career is not over. Right? We still, we're in the middle of it. Now, we're presuming a lot of things. You're presuming that the Astros are still going to be good. You're presuming that he's going to stay at this level. Right? We're making a lot of assumptions and presumptions. He's 33. So how many 
mean, how many years are we going to have of Jose Altuve? How many good years are we going to have? How many good years are we going to have left of him? I don't know. But as the lineup changes, right? You figure either he's going to go or Bregman's going to go. Some of these kids you're not going to hit on. Your pitching is definitely taking a hit. Does he ask for a trade? Right? Does his situation improve? Does it change? That's possible. And we can continue to engage in this conversation. But as of right now, you can you can go with Jose Altuve. That's fine. But Derek Jeter, 308, and, a, and almost a full season's worth of postseason games, right? He played mm-hmm. 158 career postseason. He played an additional year just in October. Yeah. So 308, 111 runs scored, 200 hits, 32 doubles, 20 homers, 61 ribbons, and 66 walks. So Derek Jeter was a very good postseason player. When the lights were on brightest, he showed up. And he showed up consistently, as you can see. So, we'll put a little respect on his name as far as that's concerned. And yes, he played with steroid guys. Altuve played with cheaters as well. So, that argument washes as far as I'm concerned. He's 33. Let's give him more time. Let's see. And it's the only reason. The only reason why it's foul is because his career's not over yet. We can look back at Jeter's career and we can say, this is what he did. Versus this is what he's doing. So... Once the smoke is cleared and the dust has settled, yes, we can have we can engage in this conversation again. I just think it's a little presumptuous. I just think it's just a little too soon. Fair or foul, number two, Becky Hammond will become the first female coach in the NBA when Greg Popovich steps down and hands her the keys to Victor Wembanyama and the Spurs. I am. I think it's a hundred percent fair. I mean, congratulations to the Las Vegas Aces who won the championship a few days ago, being in New York Liberty. Um, she's just a terrific coach. She gets it. <coughs> I think Pop respects her tremendously. And I think that is a perfect situation to bring in a woman head coach into the National Basketball Association. You're getting arguably uh, a change of a generation player. You're in a first-class organization, and and I think I think the NBA is ready for their first woman head coach. I think it's fair. I think it's absolutely fair. She's proven that she can communicate with not only male players but male NBA players, male professionals. She's proven that she can communicate with female players, not just female players, female professionals. She has won. She's demonstrated that the X's and O's are there. She knows what she's doing. You don't get you don't get to that level without knowing what you're doing in the game of basketball. There's clearly a respect factor there, right? Not just from Popovich, but from the player. If there's buy-in, and there has been buy-in, I don't see why not. It's not like to draw comparison. It's not like to the interview that the San Francisco Giants have with Alyssa Nakin. They interviewed Alyssa Nakin for their vacant managerial job and you had some people who were up in arms that 
You can't have a woman manage a major league baseball team. Why the fuck not? Because they never played? That makes no sense. If you know the game, right? And she's been on that staff. She was a coach on that staff. So she has the ear of, of the coaching staff. She has the ear of the front office. She has the ear of the players. And they respect her, right? Who's to say that, you know, who's to say that she wouldn't be an effective manager? Because it's never been done before? Well, if that, if you've never done things because it's never been done before, we'd have the same shit all the time, right? Oh, we can't hire a black manager because it's never been done before. Oh, we can't hire a Dominican manager because it's never been done before. We can't hire a, an Asian manager because it's never been done before. We can't hire a guy with no major league experience because it's never been done before. Then you have the same sad ass rejects that we've always had. The same retreads constantly. My one thing is that with Becky Hammond. She is more than deserving. As is Tim Duncan. Like that is gonna be a very contentious, that's gonna be a very interesting situation, right? Because Tim Duncan was a megastar for that organization. And do you run the risk of alienating a megastar? Right? This is very similar to when Marc Messier was rumored to be the GM or coach of the Rangers. It's like, because then you have to fire Mark Messier if he doesn't do a good job. Then you have to fire Tim Duncan if he does a, a bad job. So it's creating an interesting power dynamic. And I think that Becky Hammond is more than willing and more than capable. And why not? You know, San Antonio has proven itself to be a very progressive organization. They're always thinking outside the box. And they've been open to new ideas, open to international play open to different perspectives. And that's what keeps them where they are. Wembanyama, that would just be a treat. We'll, we'll kind of see what Wembanyama is when the lights are on bright on the 25th. But I think that she's more than earned an opportunity. And it's time for the rest of the sports world to kind of realize that we can have female coaches in male sports. The same way we have male coaches in female sports, right? Gina Oriema, does that name ring a bell? So, it cuts both ways. If you know the game, you know the game. I don't want to hear the rest of it. Is your hair thinning or is your hairline receding? Scalp Micropigmentation will fill in the areas where your hair is missing by creating a short buzz cut look. Micropigmentation is a non-invasive procedure that will create the illusion of hair follicles for 7 to 10 years. For people with alopecia, this could be a permanent fix. For people with scars on their scalp, this is a great way to camouflage a scar. Don't lose confidence or feel like you need to wear a hat wherever you go. Marquez Studio is located in the Bronx and is open for all your scalp micropigmentation needs. Consultations are free and appointments can be made any day of the week. Get your hairline back with scalp micropigmentation. The techs at Marquez Studio have over 30 years of haircutting experience and can assist you with all of your questions. Call to schedule a consultation today, 646 221 
888-888-8728. You can also visit them on Instagram at Bronx Marquez to see their gallery and view all their satisfied customers. Again, that is Marquez Studio, located in the Bronx, New York, 646-221-8728. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. You know how it goes. We put up a poll on our X account at FadeRouteDNZ, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote. And the winner of said vote gets a shout-out on this here show and the coveted-ass trophy. And do you know who took home the coveted-ass trophy last week? I don't. That would be one Clayton Kershaw. Solid. Good for you, Clayton. Good for you. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. But that was last week. This is this week. Who are your nominees, D? First up, I've got Joe Douglas, the GM of the New York Jets. Running down from the booth to hug your coach after beating the 5-0 Eagles is high school shit, brah. Act like you've been there before. Act like you knew you were going to win. Have more confidence and faith in your team. Joe Douglas, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Number two, Robert Sala. You're the head coach of the National Football League. Stop jumping up and down on the sideline like a cheerleader. Win, you expect to win your game. Have more faith in your guys. Act like you've been there before. Another rookie, Robert Sala. You are my alleged superstar of the week. And number three, Derek Carr. Similar to Russell Wilson, we are getting a first-hand look at how trashy you are. Enough with the Dinkin' Ducks to, to Kamara. Rip the ball downfield. Hit your back foot and let it rip. Derek Carr, you are my alleged superstar of the week. What do you got, Z? Great choices, all great choices. And it's not. And I'm assuming Derek Carr is one of your fantasy quarterbacks. No, he's not. Oh, no, he's just, not. Okay. I do have Chris Olave though. Ooh, oh, there you go. There you go. I knew it. I knew this somehow had to do with fantasy football. Rip the ball downfield, damn it! Throw the fucking ball. Thinking dunk. I could get out there and throw it to Kamara. Come on, he's five yards behind the line of scrimmage. God damn it! Throw the ball. I'm gonna start with Caleb Williams. Playing like crap and wanting an ownership piece of the team that drafts him number one. Yeah, fat chance that's going to happen. Fat chance that that is going to happen. Caleb Williams, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Number two, the Miami Marlins. Oh, yeah. Kim Ang takes you to the playoffs. The first full season playoff berth in close to 20 years. And you guys have the nerve to try and install a president of baseball operations over her head and not interview her for the position? What do you expect? Of course she's going to decline her option because you treated her like an option. Miami Marlins, do better. Just do better. Any team 
in Major League Baseball will be better with Kim Eng in their front office. Either team in New York would be better with Kim Eng in their front office. You really screwed the pooch on this one, Miami. Miami Marlins, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And then last but not least, Devontae Adams. Coming out, throwing your team under the bus, saying that the offense needs to run through you more, you need more catches, that you don't care about wins, you care about greatness. Enjoy being Calvin Johnson then. Calvin Johnson, there's always a what could have been with Calvin Johnson because he was one of the best players ever on some dog shit teams. (laughs) How do you reach the greatness of Michael Irvin, right? How do you reach the echelon of Michael Irvin? How do you reach that echelon? There are levels to this. You have to win. Winning is important. That's why they keep score. It's just a a short-sighted, myopic argument that ultimately makes you sound like a selfish ass, even if that's not how you intended it to be. Devontae Adams, you are my alleged superstar of the week. I think we've said our piece. Go to our X account at FadeRouteDNZ and vote, and vote, and vote, and vote, and for our nominee. Just do better, boys. Just do better. Your favorite podcast has its own merch line now. Go to the Fade Store with DNZ.com today for all your Fade Route merch needs. I'm talking tank tops, t-shirts, sweatshirts, like yoga pants, we got those too. Like some cool accessories, we got those too. And we're not done yet. We have so much more planned for you, but check out what we have today at the Fade Store with DNZ.com. That's the Fade Store with DNZ.com. Let's run the option and give you our picks for the week. for NFL Week 7. And if you want to play along with us, you know what to do. Go to our Instagram account at Podcast. Click on our link in bio. Go to our CBS Sports Pick'em League, also entitled The Option, and play along with us. The lovely Rita Sanchez had a huge week last week, and she is now a full 10 points Jeez. ahead of the rest of the field. She's lapping. She's lapping the field. She's kicking our ass. Kicking our ass. So, let's see if she can keep the momentum going. Let's see if we can build some momentum. Because right now, we ain't looking so good. (laughs) We all had the Jaguars in our Thursday night game. Woo! So we're going to jump right to Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. No international games this week. 
Ah, how lovely. How refreshing. The five and one Lions go into Baltimore to take on the four and two Ravens. I'm taking the Lions. Same. I'm not, uh, I'm pretty concerned about the wide receiver situation. I'm concerned about the running back situation with the Ravens. And, you know, they, they definitely need some more skill position guys. Where have I heard that argument before? Where have I heard that before? The Ravens need more skill position guys. The three and three Las Vegas Raiders come east to Soldier Field to take on the one and five Chicago Bears. What a mess that situation is. Um, I don't even know where they're starting. Jeez, what a! I guess I'll take the Raiders. I guess. Uh, this is tough, right? CBS Sports has an eighty-four percent win. But is that 84% with Jimmy G? Because I, I can't see a rookie going in and, like, moving the needle at all. Josh Jacobs hasn't moved the needle. Devontae Adams is not going to have a great game. Like, if this game is won, it's won on the defense. Because they're going to have to make Justin Fields look mortal, which is not hard to do. I talked myself into it. I'm going to go with the Bears. I'm going to – I, I – I talked myself into this. Wait a minute. Justin Fields is out. Oh, who's who's the Justin Fields dislocated his thumb. He's out, man. Oh, who's in? Uh, I don't know who that's what I'm saying. I don't know who's playing quarterback for the Bears this weekend. Oh, Brian uh Brian Hoyer is gonna start for the Raiders. Oh god. Yeah, Brian Hoyer starting for the Raiders. Let me see who's starting. Oh, so bat Bagent is to start is starting for the Bears. Oh God, no! Take the Raiders. <laughs> take take the. Ra- I can pick a few. Let's pick Tyson Baguette. Pick a tie. Tyson Baguette. What is this? Chicken bread. What is this? <laughs> uh, can we pick a tie? Chicken bread. No? Will we have our first tie? Will we have a tie? Most likely. Uh, I'm go with the Raiders. Begrudging, twist my arm. Now oh, we just need some rain, and it's going to be a fantastic this is day. Awful. Oh my <laughs> God, that's terrible. That's awful. The three and two Cleveland Browns at the three and three Indianapolis Colts. Oh, the Browns. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going to go on with the Colts. No Anthony Richardson for the rest of the year. Jonathan Taylor's back. You got Minshew under center. I mean, they're not going to be bad, right? There's enough pro there that they're not going to be bad, but they're not going to be good either. So I'm gonna go with the Browns as well. Before wait, who are the, who are the wait, who are the the yeah, the Browns? At the Colts. Yeah, Browns, Browns, Browns. Yeah. The four and two Bills go into Foxborough to take on the one and five New England Patriots. Jeez. Patriots have only scored 72 points this year. Wow. 72 points. Bills. The Dolphins had that in one game. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, God. The Bills. It's got to be, right? It has, to be, no- it has to be. Ain't nobody. Crazy enough. It's the Patriots. <laughs> Ain't nobody. It would, be a ti- it would be a titanic upset if the Patriots knock off the Bills. You know, it, it's you got to start taking the prop bets again about when Mac Jones gets benched. I know Bill said. I know Coach Belichick said we're going back to the starting board. We're going back to the... You know, we're going back to the basics and, you know, we're not going to bench Mac Jones again. But if you're so putrid 
on offense. You gotta do something. You gotta do something. Yeah, I think it's the the Patriots and the Steelers have scored the least amount of points this year. Steelers seventy nine and Patriots seventy two. That's wild because the Giants exist. It's wild because the Pittsburgh Steelers are also three and two. Yeah, that's insane. The three and three Washington Commanders go into MetLife to take on the one and five New York Football Giants. Commies, commies, love my commies and and how Sam Howell, baby. I I can't in good conscience take the Giants. I can't. There's nothing there that makes me say yes. Right? There's there's nothing here that gives me hope. (laughs) I, I have no hope at this point. There, there is no hope with the Giants. Like, I'm, I'm trying to find things to hang my hat on. Yes, Wink Martindale has the defense playing better. He does. I've got to give him a lot of credit. I'll give him credit. Like, he rose to the challenge. We put up the poll. Is Wink going to be the fall guy? We put it up on our X account. It was 50-50. We may have to put up a poll again. Is Kafka, is Kafka going to be the fall guy? He might be a deserving fall guy. He went from being a head coach candidate elsewhere to running the most vanilla offense this side of Jason Garrett. Kami's pretty, pretty handily. The three and three Falcons go into Raymond James Stadium to take on the three and two Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Falcons. Falcons. Oh, oh. I'm gonna take the Bucks. I think they <laughs> Did have. You watched them play last season. week. <laughs> so I'm still. I'm gonna roll with the Bucks. I think that they have a solid defense. Like they, they are better than that one-off performance. The Falcons have not been great. They've been kind of eh. You know, they've shown flashes, and then they've regressed. We'll see. We will. We're into the four o'clock hour. The three and two Pittsburgh Steelers at the three and three Los Angeles Rams. Taking, uh, hmm. yeah, I'm taking the Rams. Even though Stafford's never beaten the Rams, he's 0 2 all time against them. I mean, oh, he's oh, he's never beaten the Steelers. Uh, he's 0 2 all time against them. I am taking the Rams. Steelers don't have enough on offense. They, they just don't. We, we've, we've touched on that pretty handily. They've struggled scoring points. And you know who's good at preventing people from scoring points? Aaron Donald. The Los Angeles Rams are going to smoke the Steelers. The 1-5 Cardinals go into Lumen Field to take on the 3-2 Seattle Seahawks. Oh, this is a big game. Hawks got to win this game. Got to win this game. Got to show... You got to show who you are. I'm going with the Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. And it's not close. The two and three Green Bay Packers go into the mile high to take on the one and five Denver Broncos. Jeez, do we even? I mean, come on. Broncos (laughs) are going to lose. They got the pack. (coughs) Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Uh, Packers win. Do... The Broncos fire Vance Joseph and hire Rex Ryan, like the re- like the rumor mill states. No, 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 no. This will be a complete gut job at the end of the year. I think they're still trying to trade players. They're trying to trade Jerry Judy right now. I think they're trying to trade him to Pittsburgh. 
So that, that'll move the needle. How would they trade yeah. Russ to Pittsburgh? Dude, no, I think them, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how that marriage is going to end. In um, a bitter divorce. I don't know. It's the the, the money's the problem, Z. Yeah. The money's a problem there. It's a real problem. I don't know how that. I don't know how that's going to shake out. Yeah, I mean, no contract is untradeable, right? We we've learned that that no contract is untradeable. You just have to. You just have to find where. You can there is nothing positive. You can, there's just nothing positive you can say about this man. There's, mm, there's nothing. nothing positive you can say about this team. Mm-hmm. You know, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. Put Jerry them Judy. The I don't know what the hell happened to Jerry Judy, man. Mm, I don't know either, but you know, it, it's it's gone downhill fast. The two and three Chargers go in Arrowhead to take on the five and one Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, the Chargers looked like. Not good last week. Taking the Chiefs should be uh, decided by less than six points, though, for anybody who's choosing the uh, point spread. I'm going with the Chiefs as well. The Chargers, the Chargers charge. It's what they do. Brandon Staley is proving himself to not be an NFL head coach. Justin Herbert is hurt, and they just do not look ready for prime time. Your Sunday night special. Potential game of the week. The five and one Dolphins go into the link to take on the five and one Eagles. Yeah, I mean this is the real game that everybody's looking for. Based off how the Dolphins played in Buffalo, I'm taking the Eagles. I need to see the ball. I need to see the Finns win on the road against a quality team before I would trust them. I'm going with the Dolphins. Okay. They pound the rock. We saw them. We saw them destroy the Patriots' running defense. We saw them do that. We've seen it. So I think that's going to be more of what Coach McDaniel is going to do. I think he's just going to chip, chip, chip away, and that defense is going to hold enough because the Eagles' offense is not as explosive. It's not as creative. It's not as good as it was last year. Julio Jones probably isn't even going to play since he just signed with the organization. And if he does, he's going to have a minimal role. A.J. Brown's probably going to get frustrated. I can easily see, I can see the Dolphins winning by one to two touchdowns. And you are Monday night delight. Maybe. The 5-1 49ers go into Minnesota to take on the 2-4 Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins came out this week and said he will not waive his no trade clause. He plans on finishing his contract with the Vikings, possibly even coming back next year. Uh, and for all those reasons, I'm taking the 49ers. <laughs> bang, bang, Niner gang. That's all I'm going to say. Bang, bang, Niner gang. Teams on a bye this week. Everybody. And we got a lot. We got a lot. We have the Panthers, the Bengals, the Cowboys, the Texans. The Jets and the Titans. How how nice of the Cowboys and Titans to give the stage. Excuse me, the Cowboys and Texans. How nice of them to give the stage to the Rangers and the Astros. That's just really just on a silver platter. How how benevolent of the NFL and benevolent of the Cowboys and Texans. So Panthers, Bengals, Cowboys, Texans, Jets, and Titans. Adjust your fantasy rosters accordingly. This has been the Fade Route with D&Z. Thanks for tuning in. Catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcast.
So until next time, stay fade, everyone. Time for us to run the goal route, but we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.